Well, hello, hello. Welcome to TAO Intentions Podcast. Today, our special guest is Dr. Tiffany Ross. Welcome, Tiffany. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) I am so sorry for the technical issues, um, but we are going to get the interview done today. So I am very excited to introduce you to our audience. Awesome. And life happens, I understand. Yes. All right. So to start with this introduction podcast with uh, Tiffany Ross, Dr. Tiffany Ross, uh, please tell me about yourself, your background, and uh, where you are from. Certainly. I am a down-home Southern girl. I am from Mississippi, um, a little town in Mississippi called Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And I have four boys, um, two in college, a nine-year-old and a two-year-old. And I've been married to my wonderful husband for um, 10 years. So, um, yeah, that's what we do. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a therapist. I'm a marriage and family therapist. And um, and I absolutely love working with women. Perfect. All right. So what are some of the services that you offer? I am currently under the title of a life coach, so I offer personal development um, life coaching services. I offer um, relationship coaching services and mindset coaching services. And I am on the cusp of creating an online course that will focus on women who struggle with self-esteem and self-confidence issues. So um, definitely be on the lookout for that. All right. So based on your description of your services, I have to ask, do you cater to both genders or are you just central to focusing on females? Hey, I absolutely love the men, but unfortunately my services right now are only for women. Okay. Okay. And uh, how long have you been doing this? Oh, goodness. I've been a therapist for 10 years and I've worked in so many different populations or with so many different populations um, from substance abuse to children. And so I've been in social sciences for about 15 years. Wow. That's, um, you are a very seasoned therapist. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. Yes. Um, so have you experienced any challenges on this journey to help help individuals in their personal and emotional healing? And what were those challenges? Absolutely, I have. Um, and I would have to say, just being very transparent, that most of the challenges that I've experienced were actually my own personal and emotional healing challenges. So, and just, and I think, you know, just getting past, for me anyway, the idea of, well, it's am I capable to do this job? Um, that's been the biggest challenge for me. Wow. Self-doubt. I understand that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some blessings that you have experienced so far on your journey as a therapist? I've been so blessed to have a very supportive family. Um, I came from a single parent household, but my mother has been the one who has pushed me um, to become better just in every sense like when I graduated from my bachelor's degree she's she was pushing keep going like you keep going and I, I was looking at an envelope the other day it's so funny that you asked this. I was looking at the envelope an envelope that she gave me when I graduated with my specialist degree and it it said Dr. Tiffany Ross and I was literally not contemplating at that time 
going for my PhD degree, but my mom has been the one um, to set the bar. That is so cute. Good family. Yes. Having a good support system behind you is quite, it's very encouraging for the mental and, you know, physical development of any child. So it's, it's nice to hear that you've had that strong support behind you and that strong motivation to succeed and be a better person. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, has anything that you have encountered on your journey ever made you question why you are doing this? Why you are a therapist? Why do you want to be a therapist? Oh, certainly. Um, early on in my career, I, I want to say is maybe the first one or two years in my career as a therapist, fresh out of graduate school, I entered into a job and it's so sad to say this because I feel bad saying it aloud for the money. It was literally for the money and because it was closer to home. And I absolutely hated that job. And it it seriously made me question um, whether or not I was really capable of being a therapist, that self-doubt again. But um, like looking back now, I so wish that I'd taken the other job that I had that was really what I love to do and what I just thrived in. Um, which, but it was a little bit more challenging. So I've definitely had those times where I've just questioned, you know, whether I'm capable of doing this, whether I'm called to do this, whether I'm um, qualified to do this. Um, just battling those self-doubt issues has been real big for me. Yes, I understand. Oh my goodness. So on deciding to embark on this profession, what were some of your fears or doubts you experienced? Um, I hate to sound redundant, but definitely self-doubt. Graduate. That's the first person in my family to um, graduate from college and to proceed um, onto advanced le- levels, you know, definitely. And so I um, felt a little incapable of handling those things because I've had to handle them pretty much by myself and um, chart the way, I guess, for others that, that are coming back, even coming behind me, like they have come behind me. Because now I'm not the only one that's graduated from college in my family. But um, definitely those uncertain fears, those fears of, you know, whether or not um, I was doing it right or whether I would fail or have to go back home. Because who wants to go back home after college? Nobody, really. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I I definitely, in my profession, have those issues. All right. Has your fears and doubts changed during your experience? Um, yes and no. I still battle with self-doubt every day. Um, and I have to be conscious and telling myself, girl, you got this. You can do this. You can keep pressing. You're more than capable. You have the experience. You have the knowledge. You have the understanding. You got this. Like, I have to consciously motivate myself every day. So that has changed. Those fears and doubts are still there. But I think how I handle them has changed. So I, I, uh, I guess you coach yourself that because the next question I have for you is, would you consider yourself more of a life coach or a therapist? And how do you di- differentiate the two with your clients? Oh, that's a good one. I, um, I, I don't consider myself more one or the other. I think um, it varies with clients. Now, I am a therapist and um, typically therapists are more laid back. Whereas coaches are more direct and take more of a 
actually in that moment, I do more of the coaching. Like, girl, you got this. And I'm more direct. Um, versus as a therapist, I'm, I'm more I'm more of a listener, which I'm a listener either way. But I'm more of a listener um, as a therapist, and I I let the client guide how we we um, how treatment goes. All right. And I guess when you were talking about, you know, your fears and doubts, um, it's just that that negative voice that you hear in the, the back of your mind that just kind of, you know, tears you down and changes your narrative. And then you have to go into full life coach mode on yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like, I have to tell that to shut up. <laughs> yeah, I think they call it the villain inside of us. Mm-hmm. the villain that just likes to pop up and, and say, you can't do this. You're not that good. You have a long way to yeah. go. How are you supposed to do this? You're not capable. Yeah. That voice that just nags yeah. you. All right. Uh, hate it. Hate it too. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the importance of gratitude. Do you feel that gratitude has an effect on surviving what you have been through, helping you rise from despair? Oh, definitely. Oh, and I guess we haven't talked anything about, you know, what I've been through, so I hope it's okay that I share this. Yes, please. Uh, I was a teen parent. I got pregnant with my first son at the age of 15 and um, had him at the age of 16. I was literally in college, like a sophomore, not college, I was in high school, sophomore in high school. And um, and when I got pregnant, my mom, who I talked about a little, a little bit about earlier, uh, she pushed me. She got pregnant at 14, and she knew that that is not what I want for you. So she pushed me to keep going. And I, I graduated from high school a year early. I was 17 when I graduated from high school. Um, and I went on to college, and I did about a year in college and got pregnant again with my second. And I literally gave up on life. Like, I just was done. I'd been in bad, terrible relationships. And um, I was literally in self-destruct mode. That's that's how I describe it. I was in self-destruct mode. I didn't really care about my life. And so I made a lot of stupid, stupid, stupid choices. Um, I did a lot of partying, a lot of just escapism, just to get away from myself. Well, we know we can't get away from ourselves. We follow ourselves everywhere that we go. And um, and I when I got to, um, after my second son, I remember having, this, it was something internal that happened where I was like, you know what, girl, you cannot do this. Like this, there is so much more to life. And I applied for college, got back in college, and had to move away from my hometown in order for me to be successful, in order for me to focus, really. And um, and started retraining my brain. And gratitude was a part of that retraining and just learning how to appreciate the small steps. And not so much focus on the overall picture, because overall, I just, I couldn't think that far. I had to think in small steps. Let me just register for school. Girl, you you got it. You're on the road to success. Let me focus on my children. Okay, I had to teach myself how to be, how to be a good mom. And really just kind of coach myself through that with gratitude and just learning how to appreciate the moment. Okay. Yeah. And have you incorporated gratitude in your session with your clients? Definitely. Definitely. I think we get so caught up and all of us can do this. Like we get so caught up in the um, just life because life is hard. Like we're all facing COVID-19 and life 
get so hard and so difficult and we're not able to be with the people that we love like we you know we're used to being with them and it's so hard to just get caught up in what we don't have that we forget about all the things that we do have and so I I make a conscious effort with my clients to be able to list out those things or help them list out those things that they, they appreciate and that they do have and that they can cultivate um, when they're going through moments of despair. Okay. Um, why do you feel that gratitude is beneficial for everyone's growth? I think without gratitude, your, your growth gets stunted. I, I literally believe that our minds stop developing, especially when we have traumatic or um, events that happen, our minds will literally get focused and stuck there. And it's something about gratitude that helps pull us out of those times. Um, and then we, it opens our minds up so we can see um, see something bigger or new opportunities. So um, it's definitely, definitely beneficial to your growth, your spiritual growth, your mental growth, emotional growth. Okay. So let's talk about the misconception that comes with the reputation of therapists. People are under the impression that therapists are only useful when they are struggling with a mental illness or trauma. Could you clear up this perception? Oh, certainly. I am, I, well, if you follow me or know anything about me, I say that I am a therapist that believe in therapy. And I do not coach people or tell people to do anything that I myself have not tried or would do for myself. So in moments when I feel like um, my attitude has changed or when I'm going through moments of transition that's just very difficult for me, um, I go to therapy. And I teach people that that you do the same. Like you don't have to have a diagnosis. You don't have to have depression. You don't have to have had a past or current trauma. It could just seriously be that you need someone to talk to. And you need someone that's going to be objective and supportive at the same time, but still push you in order to um, become a better version of yourself. Okay. Well, I really like that answer. And I like that you admitted that, you know, even as a therapist that helps others, that you have sought therapy as well, even in your profession. Definitely. Have to. Have to. And you you felt that that was quite helpful in the progression of your career. Okay, great. So have you encountered clients that have had bad experience with other therapists? Um, if you have, how did you counter that? Yeah, I have. And I open up the, to, you know, the, I open up, um, the floor for us to have a conversation about it. But I'm not going to bad mouth another therapist. You know, we, we're not all one size fit all. So there's a chance you may have you know, a bad therapist or one that just don't fit well with who you are, your personality. Um, and so I invite them to have a conversation. Um, but the only way I can counter that is just by being myself. And I can't be something to someone else that um, makes them feel comfortable without me feeling comfortable. So I have to be confident in who I am. And if you All right. Uh, it can be extremely hard to trust someone in your profession. So how do you gain the trust of your clients? Um, that could be with a new client or a seasoned client. Consistency. 
consistency builds trust faster than anything. I mean, just being there, being able to listen objectively, listen in between the words, look at body actions and validate them. A, like a genuinely valid a person's experience. That's how I build trust with my clients. Because we don't typically have people that would be genuine in our lives. Like some people don't. Or maybe, maybe you know, most people do. I did. And so that's something that I do with my clients. I, I genuinely listen and I validate. Okay. And how do you determine when a client would be a long-term client or a seasonal client? I don't determine whether, from the beginning, it's hard to determine that. Um, It's very hard to determine that from the beginning. In therapy, you can set your expectations along with the client. They have their goals, and you can give a very general, oh, it's going to be successions, and we'll have it done. Well, in reality, it may not be succession. It may take... 10 sessions so um it's it's almost like a collaboration between me and the client who determines how long it will be all right and how do you determine when a long-term client becomes codependent when progress stops happening that's how i determine is when progress stops happening or when the client becomes over-reliant on me to do the work because you have to when you go to therapy you have to be willing to put in the work and anytime you stop putting in the work um therapy has at that point. Okay. Do you find it odd when a client has had so many different therapists and they are still not moving forward? And in your opinion, what do you feel is holding them back? I think this this question, which is a really good question, can go several different ways depending on the, the client. And I do find it odd when a client has had many therapists. It sends all kind of red flags up to me, um, whether it's mental issues or sometimes it can be they just had a string of therapists that you know that didn't fit well, or um, they've not been as truthful. So I, I get all kind of red flags that go off in my mind when I have a client that's been from therapist to therapist. Or, um, but in my opinion, I, I seriously feel that it could be a whole number of things that hold them back. It could be they're afraid, their fear, their de- their fears, they're dealing with self doubt. They could be dealing with some trauma issues that they've never shared with anyone. Like I had a client that um, I was meeting with and she had some severe mental issues and, and I hope this is okay. But she um she was traumatized at the age of like ten or eleven from like adulthood, like from ten or eleven all the way up until being an adult. And her mind would literally replay what was going on or what had happened in her life. And she would go from person to person, therapist to therapist, hospital to hospital, um, replaying this narrative over and over and over until she got to, and I was the first person that she had told that she had that traumatic. And in that moment, um, I could literally see the who she was. Not the mental illness, because her mental illness, everyone had seen the mental illness, but I was able to see um, exactly who she was and that she was just someone who had been through a very traumatic experience and had not felt comfortable enough to share with him. Wow. That's... I hope I answered your question. You did, and it's uh, it's it's powerful. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was. It still touches me to this day to just think about her. Oh, so how do you handle disappointments and roadblocks that your client encounters? You know, Orphan, I think that um, one thing's for certain is, or two things. 
we're going to always have disappointment and we will always encounter roadblocks. And I, with my clients, I teach them um, that those things are just going to happen. Like it's inevitable that they're going to happen. But I genuinely listen to them and validate um, the impact that those disappointments and roadblocks may have had on them or may still have on them. Um, but I don't let them stay there that long because we can really get stuck in disappointment and um, roadblocks and not move past. And so I teach them to always look at possibility because there's always possibility and there's always some kind of way of overcoming disappointments. We just got to figure out what that is. Okay. That is quite true, especially in our day and time. Um, honestly, disappointments and roadblocks can leave you defeated. They can put you in situations where it it brings you into despair and depression. So I do yeah. I do definitely understand everything that you're saying and how important it is to to fight against the roadblocks and the barriers that you face every single day. Sorry. Have you ever had a client that has triggered you, and how did you handle it? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, very early on in my career, I struggled with setting boundaries because. You know, I'm a helper, so I naturally want to help people overcome. I want to help you overcome. I want to help you figure out how to get past this. Like, I just want to help you. Like, I, I want to help you. And so I struggled a lot with setting boundaries. Um, so I would go over my sessions. Like, if I had a session set for 50 minutes, I would go over to an hour and a half. And so I had to um, learn how to set those boundaries for not just my clients but in my life period I just had to learn how to set those boundaries and um, clients that I encountered that I genuinely want to help especially if they they reminded me of who I used to be or situations that I came from I, I overworked but I had to learn that that's more about my issues like you know that's my stuff and that's why I have a therapist so that I can help hold myself accountable but um, I also had to learn how to set boundaries okay and what has kept you encouraged in this profession? Oh, I think I, I mentioned that earlier a little bit with my family. I have a support system that's just like, you know, they're, they're a real, real, real support system. Like my mom is my rock. She's going to push me. And then I have my husband who's going to encourage me and um, just kind of give me that space to be who I am, which I like if you don't have a, a mate that encourages you to be who you are, then I don't know what you're doing with your life. Like, you need a mate that's going to encourage you, but also give you space to be who you are. And, and then my children, I, like, I have older boys, and they have encouraged me. And my, even my baby boys, like, they encourage me to just keep pushing. I just keep pushing. <laughs> I, I could not be where I am without my my people, my, I just, my friends. I just could not that's beautiful. Not a lot of people have that kind of support system, but you know, your support system sounds amazing. <laughs> uh-huh. They are. Every one of them. They are. And what has assisted you in your personal growth? And do you feel that there is a lot left for you to learn? Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, I, I think I mentioned my family has assisted me, but I have this one, one friend. Actually, I have two friends, two good, good girlfriends. I mean, you need one of those in your life. Like, you need a good, good girlfriend or a good, good guy um, that you can just be completely transparent and honest with, and they're going to listen to you, and then they're going to tell you about yourself. I have two of those people in my life. And um, when I'm struggling with issues, personal issues, um, I go to them. And then one of them is actually a therapist, so when I'm struggling with professional issues, 
um, I go to her and she helps hold me accountable. She helps me process. She helps tell me, girl, you got this. She's that encouragement, but she's also that, you know better. <laughs> you know you were wrong. And um, that has assisted me with my personal growth. I'm an avid learner. I'm always researching. I'm always taking a course or trying to learn something new or experiencing something new. Um, and all of those help with my personal growth. And I actually challenge my clients to do the same. Look for those opportunities of growth. They're always there. You just have to look for them. And, and be beaten um, unapologetically yourself and unafraid to take on those challenges um, when they, they come up. Yes. <laughs> so uh, please define what is success in your profession and what is your professional goal? In my profession, um, with my clients, this is when you've reached your goal. And not just reached your goal, but able to take control of your life and be able to make those choices, decisions uh, with fear. Because fear is going to always be there. It's, it's, it's never going to go. And so because it's, it's never going to go away, you have to learn how to persevere. Even with circumstances um, happening, roadblocks coming up, um, that fear that's, like I said, it's going to always be there. You still have to keep going. And when you can keep going in your life and use the tools that I give you or that you have um, in your toolbox to um, apply to your life, that, my friend, is And um, I'm an avid learner to answer your second question about uh, you know my professional goal. I'm an avid learner. I'm always learning. I'm always challenging myself to be better, a better therapist, a better life coach, a better mom, a better friend. Like I'm always challenging myself and looking for those opportunities of growth um, and committing myself to be a lifelong learner. That's beautiful and well said. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So we are coming to the conclusion of our interview session. So I really wanted to take this opportunity to bring some attention to your platforms, to bring attention to projects that you're doing. So what was the motivation behind your online store? Um, my online store, um, I had just decided to resign from my job. And um, it, I actually, it was for really crazy reasons. You know, we're in the midst of um, just a lot of racial tension, you know, in our country, which is very unfortunate. But um, I experienced some things on my job that I felt were discriminative. And so I decided to resign. Like, that was my way of really empowering myself and empowering my voice and also validating who I am and my own accomplishments. So I decided to resign. And um, in the midst of my resignation, I had this inspiration to just create and so I started pivoting a little bit in my business um, because I wanted to inspire with. And part of that inspiration was creating something tangible that they can wear um, that really speaks to the various parts of, of who they are as a woman. And more particularly, who I was or who I am. Okay. And so what was the motivation behind your t-shirt design and art? That same motivation, Orchid. Um, it's just learning to embrace the various parts of myself. As, as women, we can get so caught up in um, being a wife or being a mother or being an employer or being a friend. We can get so caught up in those roles that, um, and if we're not careful, those roles would actually limit who we are when we're so multifaceted. We have so many different parts of ourselves. Like I can be an artist and a mother. I could be an entrepreneur and a wife. 
Like I could do all of these things and still be just as powerful and just as unapologetic as myself. Like that is my words. Like I just believe in being unapologetically yourself. I don't apologize for who I am anymore. I used to do it a lot. I used to really shrink back. And so creating that t-shirt was a moment of just really embracing every part of myself. All right. And still not all the parts of myself. <laughs> so we want to embrace the Rihanna attitude. <laughs> absolutely (laughs) absolutely unapologetic don't tell me nothing your opinions don't matter mine are the only one does in my universe in my atmosphere i am the queen of my empire i like it i really like that (laughs) yes like i say that while putting on my imaginary crown (laughs) yes and we all need to have one a big huge one it's too heavy for our heads to walk around in definitely (laughs) Definitely, I love it. Yes. So how can people reach you, Dr. Tiffany Ross? Yes, certainly. I am on both Instagram and Facebook as Dr. Tiffany Ross. You can definitely reach me there. I um, have a website. You can reach me at drtiffanyross.com. And on that website is the store um, where you can find that t-shirt that I created. And... And I'm on LinkedIn. If there's anyone out there that uh, that works or does LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn. All right. So if you could repeat your social media handles um, again, that would be appreciated. Sure. sure, most certainly. Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Dr. Tiffany Ross. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast episode, and I really hope that our audience um, will connect with you and feel your energy and your genuinity. So I, I'm, I'm very glad that you came to share your story, your profession, what you're really about, and I appreciate you. Absolutely. And Orchid, if I could, if I could um, offer one more thing I left off, that's okay. Yeah. I, great. Thank you. I created a community just for women who are struggling with self-confidence issues. I think I mentioned that a little bit earlier um, throughout the interview. Um, but I created a community. Like I had this drive that I wanted to create something where women who were struggling with like-minded issues could come together and really encourage and inspire one another, but also push. So I created a community, it's a Facebook group called the Find Your Relationship Voice Academy. And so you can go there, um, request to join, because it's a private group. Request to join, I'll accept you in, um, and in there we'll, we'll do what we do. We empower and inspire. All right. And could you just repeat that, the name of the Facebook group one more time for the audience? Certainly. It's the Find Your Relationship Voice Academy. Oh, that's beautiful. Just beautiful. I would like to, before we let you go, though, what um, what inspired that name? Find Your Relationship Voice. Well, And you um, said Academy. So the Academy part, I'd like to hear, you know, that as yeah, well. Absolutely. Um, find your relationship voice. The relationship voice is just how well you're able to ask for what you want, you need, or you desire inside of a relationship. And what I was finding um, repeatedly is that women were entering relationships just not being able to, um, like we talked about a little bit earlier, just unapologetically be themselves. And a part of like being unapologetic about who you are is also being able to ask for what you want and what you need 
and what you desire and being willing to walk away from someone who's not going to give it to you or who can't give it to you. And so I wanted to create that community to help build women up so that they can create their own voice, that they can communicate inside relationships, be in a relationship with your parent or a relationship with a significant other. And I say academy because I'm a teacher. Like By nature, I am a teacher. And so I wanted it to be a community where we not only empower and inspire, but that we're also learning tools, skills, and strategies to be able to um, become the a better version of who we are. Thank you. Perfect. I just needed you to kind of break it down for myself and for the audience so they kind of understood yeah. the purpose of this group and what it's really supposed to to do for anyone that follows your closed group or private group um, and what they can expect from it. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today. I wish you a good day. Thank you. I so enjoyed it. Thank you so much. For the oh, and there's more to come. <laughs> yes, yes, I can't wait. I love you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> love you too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And that concludes our third episode with Dr. Tiffany Ross. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget to check out our social media. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is available. Have a good evening.